Is this thing on? I'm here all by my lonesome on this side of things. There's nobody in Indiana that's on. None of the normal cast, just me. But I do have some guests tonight, and we did some we did some juggling of the schedules to finally be able to make this work. But I'm glad we got everybody together. I'm here with, uh, uh, and I apologize. I really I don't think we've ever crossed paths. So I'm probably gonna get the name right. It's Nate and Amber. And what's what's the last names here? I know you're from Gray Story. I just that's that's the main so. But both both names started out the, the same originally, but then Amber went and got married. She's my sister. I see. So, yeah, my last name's Davison still, and, and she's Jones. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so that answers uh, one of my questions I had too. I, I figured there was some kind of connection there, but I wasn't sure exactly what it was. Um, the beard is a family resemblance. So <laughs> I was about to say it. his beard is a little fuller than mine, but I try to <laughs> you know, I try to keep mine tamed. So. <laughs> I tell you what, the Lord really, guys that weren't genetically gifted with good looks, he did us all a favor by letting us grow the beard. This covers up, the beard covers a lot of sins. Let me just put it down there. That's what my husband would say to you. He's like, you know, I just feel a little more mature with mine on. Exactly right. I always tell people I have the face shape of a turtle. There's no chin. So I had, I grew this beard and it covers everything up. So, so the, the, I have heard you all. I've heard Nate, Amber, I don't know that. Do you appear on the podcast much on Great Story Podcast? Oh, yeah, yeah. Just as a guest. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I've, I've listened to the podcast. I've, Andrew Graham, I think he quoted or uh, mentioned y'all, someone he was on, just kind of been aware of you over the past, I don't know, six, eight months, something like that, and thought it was really interesting. I heard you had similar, similar backgrounds to what I was used to and what a lot of our listeners are used to, and I saw that you were... You talk about a lot of very sensitive issues, a lot of stuff that we can, that I can relate to, that a lot of my listeners can relate to, and um, so I figured it'd be good to have you on and just kind of, um, just kind of tell us a little bit about it. You know, what is Gray's story, and and uh, kind of go through the whole run down there. Yeah, well, we're we're just honored and um, appreciative for the opportunity to share Gray's story with your listeners, and we've listened in as we've become aware, and uh, yeah, just. Just so appreciative to be here. Um, Grace Story was kind of my, well, I started in 2019 and it came out of my own story. And I think that's that's kind of, you know, where, where a lot of these passion ministries start. Um, but it was an idea. And I was sitting out on my farm one day and I, I just, there's, there's some buildup here that I'll go back and catch, but I was just sitting out on my farm one day here in central, central Michigan and uh, just felt like God poured out this vision for a great story and how we could do this. And I just madly wrote stuff down and, um, and went from there, asked some mentors, do you think this could work? Um, and, and then it really just started taking off, but to, to just rewind for why, why my heart had been contemplating a need for a ministry like this, um, grew up, uh, as a kid, staff kid on a Bible college campus. And I know you guys have addressed the joys of, um, Bible college campus life before, <laughs> and I got to grow up there. And <laughs> as a kid, um, that honestly was like the best life. Like really we had yeah. open access to gym with mm -hmm. college students, you know, I mean, we had so many nationalities. Well, I know just um, if I can jump in there for a minute, I know just from as being a kid, my memories, are, I've talked a couple of times about Clinton camp 
there around Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Those are some of the best memories I have as a kid. It was just yeah. you know, all of the yeah. all of the craziness hadn't really come to the surface yet, and it was just pure and uh, you know it was just all innocent. You was it was you were all it was all about serving God. You didn't really understand all the ins and outs of your theology yet, but yeah, some of my some of my best memories are tied up in the in some of that. Well, oh, you're yeah. not worried about you know three quarter length sleeves or whatever. You're wearing right. whatever your parents tell you to wear anyway. It's exactly so, right. right. It's a lot simpler. You know? <laughs> right. Plus, there's there's cafeteria food too. All all oh, day. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yep. I'm down. Exactly. Basketball. Every kind of yeah. So so I had grown up in that environment. My dad was a public relations director for the school, and um and really this is where it starts kind of breaking down. Is um he had quite a traumatic childhood and he did better, but our norm still was not healthy. And um, so we had the PR family image front down pat, you know, the person. When she says that she means down like our license plate on our van literally said <laughs> GBS PR. Right. <laughs> so when they pulled on to uh, Bible Holiness Camp or whatever, right. and nobody wondered. They knew, okay, I'll do GBS PR right Everybody there. knew who just rolled up. <laughs> that is who we are. Uh, up in our Astro van, you know, Corkin. <laughs> of course, the Astro van. It was light blue, baby. It was good. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so behind, like, we had that down. We, we carried the image well, but behind closed doors, there was so much dysfunction um, in, in basically silent suffering that nobody knew about. And we didn't know how to say anything. You know, it was our norm. And um, so when, when I got married, I got married at 20 and kind of came into marriage like, ain't no man, you know, like <laughs> going to talk to me. Like, and so my sweet husband, who is like the gentlest <laughs> most precious gentleman of a person. Uh Um, He, he just would look at me different times and be like, why, why are you talking to me like that? I'm like, I'm not talking to you like nothing. Like, you know, I also lived in the ghetto for a while. (laughs) So that, (laughs) so many, so many different influences here. That that finger, you know, with the long nail, you just got to get that out. Um, But, you know, so, but he, he earned my respect over time. And I started realizing there is a breakdown. Um, Those things, those defenses, those communication skills, if you want to call them that, that I learned to to use to survive. Um, Reading a room and knowing what was going to be safe about it or unsafe, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Is this the day I just go straight up to my room? Is this the day I go back out to the gym? Um, or is this the day that I troubleshoot interference for my family, you know, right. um, and and make sure things stay calmed down? And um, those were no longer serving me in my marriage. But I didn't know what to do to change it. And I think that that is the part that a lot of people can identify with because they know something's off. They don't like the way they're responding. They don't feel proud of that person they see in the mirror. But they don't know what to do about it. Sure. And my dad and I shared our family story at several like um, men's retreats, family camps, things like that. And people were just this these kinds of things. These sessions were not being done um, eight years ago, and we would just blow people away. And I, I know you're saying your listeners are reaching out with your stories. And when I started Grace Story, sure. we got the same thing. People were like, "Oh my goodness, me too." Yep. And um. 
So the stories we would hear, but at that time we had no follow-up. So we would share our story and be like, go get it hopes out there for family healing. And then people would say, I want that. What do I do? And it was just kind of like, um, good luck. You know, uh, I maybe try to find a counselor, um, right. <laughs> that might help, you know, well, in some of the circles too, like some of the people I've talked to, I think the, the side that I was on was a bit more on the extreme side. Um, in fact, a lot of those today, you still don't hear from them because quite frankly, I'm not trying to make a joke here. They, they don't, a lot of them don't believe in internet still, still to this day. So you're not going to see a live stream from there. Right. But right. even counseling was looked down on, you know, it's just this, right. this thing that, you know, you've got God, what do you need a counselor for? Sure. Absolutely. No, Absolutely. The, the stigma we're, we're working on trying to break down is that, you know, even Dr. Graham talks about, uh, you know, I always have a Bible here at my desk, mm-hmm. whatever counseling I'm doing, it's through, through a Christian worldview, whether that person on the other side knows it or not. Right. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. So when God gave me the vision for grace story, um, it came out of that, that sort of lens where I, it wasn't just, I wasn't just willing to share my story and leave people hanging again. Um, I'm a writer, I'm a speaker. And I thought, you know, I, I could just go share my story but I saw that didn't work well last time. And oh, so how does... Not only, not only yeah. did it not work well, sometimes people would... Uh, you're talking about one place you went. I remember you telling a story. People weren't just resonating. They were then doing what we do a lot of times with trauma, where we deal with it with humor and sarcasm, yeah. and then comparing, and then like, oh, good, somebody else had it worse than me. That's So yeah. uh, geez, people would <laughs> compare it like, well, my dad beat me worse than that. Well, it, somebody at the end of the table, well, let me show you my scars. It's oh, like... Yeah. <laughs> This is not what this yeah. is supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, this isn't show and tell trauma. This is <laughs> let, let's let's go get some help. Um, yeah, so starting Grace Story, I knew that I wanted that element of follow up to be in everything that we did, and so whether it's our conference, podcast, um, whatever it is, we we pair the storytellers that are telling those relatable stories of different kinds of trauma, whether it's spouse betrayal or church trauma or, you know, um, infant loss or, you know, things like that. Um, We've gone through suicide and rape. I mean, we've had, we've touched on some really difficult topics, but rather than just opening people up to that, that wounding and saying, yeah, me too. And now I'm open with this, this trauma reliving. um, we we pair that with a master's level instructor, like a, a counselor, licensed professional counselor, or um, a theological expert. And depending on the subject, and we we send the next session will be that. So it's they get up and say, "All right, I know that was some heavy content, um, and maybe you're wondering what do I do about this, but here's some practical steps that you can put into play right here." right now um when you head back home and you turn that doorknob and you head back into the life that you left you know we all go to these conferences and we get hyped up you've got two days of you know where you're with community and you're eating restaurant food not your own cooking and you know and you you just like you're dressed up and you just feel good yeah it's fun in a hotel hotels are always fun right 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 Right. (laughs) but then you have to go back to your own life and that that reality check as you cross across the threshold into what you left behind um, for some people is 
really, really traumatic. You know, they're going back home to having to navigate those safety issues that we grew up with and wondering, how do I do this? Maybe they're a mom. Now they're awake to this and they're saying, how do I do this? How do I navigate this? And now they've got the tools. So they've, they've heard those tools right there at the conference and, and they can say, you know what? I remember that session on boundaries that Ryan Waters talked about. And now I understand what boundaries actually are. I have a better grasp on this and I can put this into play because boundaries um, are so important in those relationships because it's not about, like a lot of people give boundaries a bad rap and say, you know, it's just walls. Right. It's really just to protect yourself. But boundaries are for you and the other person. If they're just for you, they're walls. If they protect you and them, I like the way uh, Ryan puts it, is they're like fences in your yard. You know, you can come up to the fence and you can talk to that person across the fence, but they're not allowed in your yard because they are not invited. So there's there's that different. And then there's the, the friends that can come into the front yard. They get a little more access to your life, but they're not coming up on the porch. You know, the, you only get access so far. And yet when you set that boundary in love, maybe it's a wife with a husband or a husband with a wife. And they're saying, you know, when, when you talk to me like that, um, it really triggers some, a part of me and, and that is unhealthy and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna listen to that or whatever. Um, that could sound selfish, but what you're saying is I'm not going to enable this kind of behavior in our home that has, has been setting the tone for dysfunction, abuse. And, and so it's a loving response if you can keep it within that. Absolutely. Well, this brings up a question of mine, and I don't want to derail us too much, but for this here, it seems like that what you're describing to me should not be this novel idea. You know, this, this shouldn't be something that is, uh, wow, what's that new thing that, you know, that, that Amber's doing? Uh, why is it that in that, that version of the CHM we grew up in, why was this stuff not addressed all along? Right. So, something I would say, as as I hear you say that, is something as simple as the gospel can be mind blowing to someone that's never heard about it. You know, that's true. So you tell somebody about Jesus and you know how he can change your life, and it seems so common to people that grew up in the church. But you tell somebody that doesn't know, and they meet Jesus for the first, it is life changing. Right. Now, I'm not equating what we're doing with you know the gospel <laughs> or anything like that. Just we're, get the, yeah. the critics out of that that mud hole, but. Um, I mean, if you don't know, you don't know. And uh, as one of our guests, uh, I believe it was Dr. Brooks, said, uh, fish don't question water. They're in it. it. It is what it is. It's their environment. It's it's their home. Yeah, they don't so, say, what's water? <laughs> yeah, like, you know? what is this thing? Oh, no, I'm just in it. And it's, they can tell when it's getting muddy uh, and, and things like that. But boundaries itself, I mean, that's why you have someone like Dr. Cloud. Um, he, he writes extensively with Dr. Townsend on boundaries. He has multiple books on boundaries for children, boundaries in marriage, boundaries itself. <laughs> and you just sit there and you read through it and you don't want to put it down. And you're like, this is so stinking simple. But then you start thinking about boundaries as protection for both of us, where I need to clearly know where I end and you begin and vice versa. Sure. Otherwise, we're going to have some troubles. And so you start equating that with with a group of people where, you know, maybe understanding boundaries in your relationship with your church 
uh, it's okay to say no sometimes or, uh-huh. you know, boundaries in a relationship with a pastor. Absolutely. It's okay to say no sometimes. Um, but if you're growing up in an environment where it's not, then you're being told that it's not okay to say no, or, you know, you, I, I mean, that's just your water. That's sure. your environment. That's a very good, very good point. I never really thought about it like that, but that's, that's looking back on it. I can completely see that that was, this was normal. So you just, uh, we just understood that that was normal and you just leave it at that. Well, that's how our, I mean, Amber mentioned our childhood, like dad was doing better. He really, he really was. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was our norm. So, you know, I'd look out and you know, the, what, what I thought is normal. I might tell somebody a joke about, uh, something and they're like, uh, oh, that doesn't sound right. I'm like, yeah, right. Well, you're like, are, are you no, we're about? fine now. That's supposed to be funny. Like, you know, let's all yeah, just laugh. And, and, um, and they're leaving like, wow. Yeah. I mean, that happened a lot with my wife. She's like, no, that's not normal. I'm like, well, I'm not normal. So whatever. Um, and you deal with it that way, but yeah, you're right. The, the normal is it's, it's what you know. Um, so it's your environment. And you guys are making me think about all the conversations I've had with people where stuff just starting to come back. And like, you guys are wanting something here. Something's clicking. Yeah. So well, I, I didn't mean to interrupt thing. you there, Amber. There, no, that's fine. It, that That's the thing is I don't think once our eyes start getting opened up to it, some people, like, so Nate, Nate was an ER nurse for a long time. Still like. and. He would, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he, Still he, he would say, so Nate, that story that you tell about people like saying, well, you know, nothing was wrong with me until I came in, um, to, to the doctor. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> there's a, there's a joke when people come in. I had one, one old man once he said, you know, this is the reason why I don't come into the hospital. Cause every time I come in here, y'all find something right. <laughs> like for some yeah, car, right. car right. repair man. Like, Oh yeah, that carburetor again. Uh, That's exactly right. Uh, right. On that old change for. And I think people people have that same idea about counselors that once you start digging into my brain, you're going to put stuff there. You're going to try to, you know, make me think of things that weren't there. And and they get kind of, kind of suspicious Mm, and, and counselors are not there. At at least the ones that we refer to and we know, I mean, licensed professional counselors, biblical worldview, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's Um, a long title, but you gotta, gotta be all of it in there. Um, because yeah, biblical counseling is not the same as professional Christian counseling. They're, they're two very different things. Biblical counseling. Um, if you look that up is actually the Bible only. Like God is enough. God is it. The pastor's the one, um, that sort of belief. Oh, I see. So we do like to make the differentiation. Um, licensed professional counselors are professionals trained in brain science and behavioral sciences, and they understand relationships and how once you're like, the, and back to what you were saying, like that brings up thoughts for you. Well, that's what happens. You know, we get into a certain environment where we're like, man, I haven't thought about this for years, but this just really ticks me off. Or we get into, you know, and it's like, that happened a lot. <laughs> you know, and you're like, why, why do I have that? I, I don't even need to be that mad about this right now. I'm not even in that anymore or whatever, you know, in right. that situation. The body and keeps the score. The body remembers though. So you may have decided, you know what? That part of my life is over. I'm not looking back. I'm not going back. It's over. 
I've got it under control. I got it under control. But you can only suppress those traumatic memories so long. And it's interesting. There's some research that shows even with like soldiers and PTSD around that 10 year mark, um, things will start coming up. And it's like, that's when it becomes no longer sustainable to just suppress those, those things that shaped who we are today. So our stories do inform who we are and how we see the world and how we interact with our spouse, how we interact with the guy who cuts us off on the highway, you know, that those things, like there's any time we have a reaction that is really heightened and over the top. And even we catch it like, man, that one kind of surprised me. I wasn't expecting to get that even that sad about something like that. Or I wasn't expecting to get that angry about something like that. That's just our body's way. God made emotions. Jesus had emotions. So while we don't live our lives um, just by emotion, we need to tune into those to find out what our body is trying to tell us and say, hey, there's a little something here. It's a little red flag. There's something here. Right. They're going to play a big part. Yeah. Well, and it's not just it's not just uh, some Freudian junk. That, you know, let's look at these ink blots. But like, it really does what make do sense you when see? you think <laughs> we are made. Saying. We are made to to survive. We are made to yeah. thrive. And so, when we're under stress or trauma, even if that's little t trauma, as Ryan puts it, where it's it's whatever it is to the individual, whether it's peeing your pants in in first grade. That's a traumatic mm-hmm. experience, man. First all your grade. Looking at you. Or yeah. you know, it's a car accident with everything. You know, you're trying right. to learn how to walk again. Whatever your your uh, level of trauma there, your body is going to remember that because I don't want to do this again. And I certainly I need to be looking for this in my environment so that I don't uh, get taken over and not survive. So I mean, it right. just makes it's like sense a defense a, mechanism, a basically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So it's not hooey. Um, and and also the thing about trauma, because you'll have siblings who say, you know, well, that's not how I saw it. That's that wasn't my experience. Or, you'll have others in a movement say that's not yeah, my experience. That's not my experience. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. And and we like to to just kind of inform people trauma is not the event itself. Trauma is the meaning you take away from the event. There it is. Yeah. I see. So Trauma is not the event itself. So you may be in a car accident and it not phase you. Whereas the person in the passenger seat was absolutely terrified and is now maybe afraid to drive, is now, you know, doesn't drive on that road and has to work through some of those issues. And that that can be personality-based. That can be past experiential based. I mean, we were in a car accident once when my kids were little and, you know, I'm like shaking afterwards as the driver and my five-year-old in the back seat says, that was like lightning queen. Can we do it again? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> like, like um, no, no, we cannot do it again. <laughs> um, I, you know, so that's just a simple example, but two people experiencing the exact same thing one is shaken, the other's like, woohoo, let's do it again. Um, and so even in talking about church trauma, someone may sit through the same sermon and be like, wow, he's crazy, you know? And I don't mean to be disrespectful. 
I, I'm not right. trying to be disrespectful, no, but exactly I'm saying they may mean. sit there and be like, that's wrong. And there's somebody else sitting there saying, uh, okay, I'm literally going to go to hell because of what he just said. There's no way I can make it. That's wrong. Right. Like I, I, I cannot make it now. I am unredeemable. And it is based on, so in my home, I had what was the hell talks. And as a little kid, I lied out the wazoo, like just to see if people would believe me, you know? And so I got hell talks every night about, you know, as a five-year-old about how I was going to hell and the bad men were there and it was going to burn and burn and burn. And then now I have to lay here in the dark and look at glow in the dark stars, you know? And I'm like, (laughs) eternity is forever, you know? But you were five? When these I would have been five, six, yeah. I, I would have yeah, little. You could, you could get out of it by, you know, chain, modifying your behavior. Right. It was you all could. about behavior modification. I see. If you stop lying, yeah. you won't get hell talks, right? But hmm. then I go to a family camp, and I'm sitting there as a little kid, and they're saying, and th- this is true, they would sit there and they would say, okay, we're throwing this demon out of this person tonight, and he will find, this demon will find someone who is not a Christian to oh, enter. Oh, my and Lord. I, and oh, I'm geez. five and I am trying, you know, I'm try- I want to, I want to be a good girl. I want to, I want to please Jesus. And I would right. pray for all of my unsaved relatives. But I knew by that age that I was unredeemable and oh, I would man, go hide in the slickers while yep. you're out there. All of a sudden, like, yeah, they're coming. Oh, the Omnimax, man, <laughs> the Omnimax light tunnel. And you're just trying to like that visually jump, you know, I mean, so this is why I'm saying like another person could be sitting in that same service. And they don't have that spiritual trauma that's going at home and at church and in these, you know, and so their parent may go home and be like, no, you know, we're not, we're not going to be in that service. We're going back to the trailer. Whereas I'm hiding in the cinder block bathroom. Like, I don't think demons can come through cinder block, you know? And so, so that cinder, the cinder block theory about, (laughs) I've I've known that all my life. And Jesus comes as a thief in the night, so you were fine during the day. It's just at night you just needed to kind of do the whole like rosary thing and make it right and 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 you yeah. know confess all your sins and anything I did and maybe didn't do but thought about doing and just so that I'm good to go for the night. Right. Well, for me it was always too. For some reason I, I don't. Uh, I I never like had an active stage in my life where I was like, yeah, I'm going to be rebellious. No, I, I never like had that. But for some reason, as a kid, I'd be in Walmart and couldn't find mom and dad. Oh. And I'm like, the rapture. I must not have heard that trumpet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I come home, I, same thing. Come home from school, you know, it's 4.30 in the afternoon. You're like, no one's here. No one's oh, here. man. Yeah. I missed it. I know. And just, I, I, can re- no. I can remember to this day the sheer panic that would overtake me. I remember I used to go to a Christian school. <laughs> this is, <laughs> these are stories I haven't told. Uh, on the podcast before, I probably should be careful with these. But I went to one. Now, I don't look at them this way now, but back then they were like Baptist, and I was holiness. So it was like, yeah. here's here's public school, here's the Baptist school. It's a little bit better, but it's still not holiness, you know. So right. liberal, still yes, liberal. Right. yes, so liberal and and just deceived. And so <laughs> I would be at this school, and something would happen to where I'd think, oh, I bet the rapture might have happened. All the other people were still there, but see, they were Baptists. Right. So sense, we all yeah. knew they were going to get left in the rapture. <laughs> this, this is honestly what I Cameron. Yeah, this is honestly. This is honestly what I believe. So uh, I had to. Uh, yeah. I would have to go and up to scary. the teacher. Oh, it's terrifying. I have to go up to the teacher. I'd be like, I need to go call my mom. 
Because I would have to go call and see if mom was still there because then I'd know the rapture didn't happen. Right. Because, yeah. Or you're trying to find a baby. You know, like if I can just put, lay my eyes on a baby because the babies will go. I think a baby would have uh, would have helped, but I still I wouldn't completely sure about those babies. <laughs> Were they Baptist babies? Is what I would. <laughs> have they been christened yet? Right. I don't know. I don't know. We only yeah. Catholic babies. None of that. But so I didn't, didn't even right. Anyhow. Oh, yeah. so that's. I mean, that's you know, we're off the rails a little bit. We today. are a little bit. <laughs> well, well, it's all on the same vein of the spiritual trauma and how it informs the way you see the world mm-hmm. and why why some people have an experience and the meaning that we take away from that. And other people say, eh, I'm good. And we see that in varying faith communities. But I think where we grew up, we had a firsthand view. So that's the one we, we have to reference. Sure. So. Yeah. Sure. So you started putting this together. You said about 2019, right? Yeah, so we started 2019. February, we had our first board meeting. By June, we were an established nonprofit. And by November, we had our first women's conference with over 250 ladies in attendance. Good Lord. And it just it just took off. And we were, I was like, okay, I guess we're doing this. Um, but that was right before COVID hit. And I think, you know, God does all things well. And so to be able to get Grace Story in front of that many people right before COVID Nate launched the podcast at the beginning of COVID. And so we were able to still serve people with practical resources as they were going through the pandemic. Um, We still had our conferences. Um, We were really blessed to be able to um, trial and error that. And, and it worked, you know, we still had a hundred people even during the shutdown. Um, I still had a hundred people at conference and um, it's not really so much about the numbers and the stats to me. It, just shows how ready people are for something real right? and um, real help and done glossing the stuff over. We've done that long enough, and it's time to just really dig in. If you tell me what I need to do and I trust you, then I'm going to do it mm-hmm. because I'm desperate for help. But all this blow gutting, all of this, just have enough faith, pray a little bit harder. Work the um, formula. Work the work formula. Work the formula. And then God is, as Dr. Brooks says, she wrote the book Gaslighted by God. And mm. if your listeners, um, especially those who are coming out of like a fundamentalist type faith community, um, Gaslighted by God is a fantastic resource. And she's about to write, and she's in the process of writing a second book to follow that up. Um, What was her name again? uh, Tiffany Brooks. uh, Brooks. Middle name is Yeki, Y-E-C-K-E. But it's it's just fresh on our minds right now because she's coming out on our next episode of Grace Story Podcast next week talking about, you know, disillusioned faith and what does that look like, your walk with God. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot there. It's, it's going to be a good one, real good one. You know, I think there's this movement, it seems to be, there's this movement that started roughly about 2019, somewhat into 2020, of people starting to push back against fundamentalism just in general. Um, I know there's, you got the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast over on the you know, they're with the IFB and the Independent Fundamental sure. Baptist. And I started listening to those guys. And once I started hearing them, I was like, oh, this is CHM to a T, you know, with, with some slight variations on, on the theology. So I'd listen to them. And, and then uh, there was even a couple, there was um, 
There's about three podcasts I listened to there for a while that all came out of the IFB. You had Preacher Boys and then Church Split. And then, of course, Natalie, I think she started about 18 or 19. Then with the Pentecostal yeah. side and overlapping mm-hmm. the CHM. And then um, when Grace Story started there, which is from CHM background. And it's really done me good to see this happening because it's, I think it's overdue. But uh, I think the success that everybody's seeing does speak to, Amber, what you were saying. And people just ready for they're ready to get some yeah. answers. Right. I mean, we live in the age of Google, so it's not enough anymore to say, well, your dad will get fired, you know, and that's that's why we do these rules or because I said so and I'm the voice of God in your life. Yeah. Um, that one, yeah. yeah. And yep. so. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. And now we can Google information and we can find these answers quickly about anything else. And so I think we carry that over as a generation saying, look, if I can find out at my fingertips readily the answer to, you know, why do, how long do sea turtles live? Why can I not have an answer from those who are in leadership over me Mm -hmm. spiritually at my fingertips that, is not um, shame-based, that is not um, calling me a hypocrite for wondering, that just answers honestly and says, look, either I don't have the answer for that, we're still thinking about it, or this is why we do it, because we've always done it, and I'll try to dig in a little bit. You know, the, there's not that authentic vulnerability from leadership in saying, I'm not sure, often. Now, I, I have run into, and my father-in-law is one of them, who will have very, very open conversations. He's a CHM minister and um, in actually higher up in the leadership. Um, but he, he'll, he'll have that, and he'll say, you know, I'm willing to think about that. Let me let me spend some time here. So I'm not throwing everybody under the bus. Right. I'm just saying My the father ones, in law does the same thing, yes. The ones y'all are hearing, you know, back from that's that's what I'm I'm referring to is, is that kind well, of group. And it, it's it, what 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 I was thinking about while you're talking there is that when you approach with a genuine question, thinking about a time when I was a teenager and I just got gas lit <laughs> in, in all sincerity when you go and you're like, hey, so I'm not allowed to wear shorts that come to my knees, but um, the girls are allowed to wear skirts that come to their knees. Why Why is that? Because it'd be a lot more comfortable to play basketball in shorts. And the response you get is, Where, where's your heart on that, Nate? I know. Why do you, I just, just before we address that, I just want to, where, why are you wanting to to push the limits? Right. It's like, well, I know I just wanted to play basketball in shorts, actually, but I, I <laughs> and that's that's true gaslighting where you turn yeah. it around and say, well, let's not answer the question because that's difficult and I don't know the and, answer. What about? And now you? it's about you. Yeah, right. and now it's about you. Yeah. yeah. Saw this so many times. I mean, somebody come through the church I grew up in one time and they preached in West Virginia against WVU Mountaineers Apparel. And I'm like, sitting there like, I was. I was nervous for the man's safety, first of all. <laughs> I mean, that's the closest yeah. thing we got to a pro team as the Mountaineers, you know, at college. And everybody's pretty, uh, pretty. even people that don't watch sports have Mountaineers. It's just it's West Virginia, you know. But yeah, we yeah. would hear all, all kinds of that. And my wife one time, she was playing the piano at a CHM church, and the pastor called us up. And she had wore sandals, if oh. I remember right. And, and this wasn't even that strict of a CHM church, which still blows my mind. 
And he said, uh, are you sure you're just not trying to give those men a peek? I, 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 and to this day, I've sat and like, dude, what is, what's yeah. going on, you know? But anyway, that's, right. a, that's a whole different, uh, whole different thing. I, I wanted to go back to something you said about Google. I, I think I can credit Google and my CHM grandpa for kind of starting me towards this whole thing of, okay, leaving the quote fundamentalism and trying to find out exactly what the Bible said. Because even though my pap, God rest your soul, he was CHM. He started waking up on some things uh, towards the end of his life, and he would just give me pretty much a straight answer. And he would tell, I remember the very first question I had was about divorce and remarriage, and instead of him giving me the, the CHM talking points, he told me mm -hmm. where to find it in the Bible, where it talked about it. Mm -hmm. And he's like, go here, check here. And, and you know, there's like three different references, whatever he gave me. And I looked through it, and what I read didn't match what I'd heard, you know, right. and it just, that was kind of the first thing. And I remember asking him one time, I said, Pap, why don't we listen to, you know, like songs that's got like, you know, uh, women leaving their husbands and stuff in like a normal country song. It's like, it's, it, I said, it's a story, you know, that stuff happens. We'll talk about it. Why couldn't you put it in a song? And he sat there for a little bit and he's like, I guess there really ain't nothing wrong with it. You know, yeah. which, and so his kind of influence with that. And then the age of Google where you can just, where does the Bible talk about this and find the reference? <laughs> Yeah, I think really played a huge part in me and me winding up where I am now as far as my uh, uh, religious beliefs. Well, I love that open and honest, just let's consider it by God's word. And, you know, there's so, some people probably jump in there and be like, well, which version were you reading there, brother? Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, heard that one. <laughs> but to your point about Google, I'd add, and, and mentors in your life, I would also add on, during the last few years, the entirety of the world, or at least us in the United States, got a crash course on Facebook and logical fallacies, mm -hmm. like over an abundance <laughs> of issues. And so, you know, here we are, are all four years later, and we know what red herrings are, straw men are, and, you know, all these things. And so now we're using that in our own lives and maybe other people going back to a pastor who would throw up a red herring in a sermon. You're like, yeah, but you didn't actually address what I was talking about. You just went off way over there, and now we're all distracted. Uh, right. Can we actually talk about? And you keep bringing them back. No, but let's let's actually talk about this. Why can't I wear shorts? Because it falls flat. It really does. It just falls flat. It does. Uh, if if it, who who wants to see my legs, anyways? But that's now I'm not, <laughs> down another rabbit trail. That's what, that's what I feel about. Yeah, it was. Uh, you're absolutely right. And and once you once you learn those logical fallacies, you can't unlearn them. It's like you can't you can't unsee that. So then, just all of a sudden, they uh, they jump out in your face every time you you see one. You know. Well, yeah. you're a part of a culture like that. That that. Um, you know, you have to use some of those because otherwise some of those extracurricular, extra biblical man-made rules that we adhere to so strictly. Uh, and I told my wife when we got married, she's not from the holiness movement. I told her, I said on one of our dates, it'd be a lot easier if I was the girl in this relationship because I know the rules of the holiness movement. I know when to wear this and when to not wear that, when to curl, when not to curl, uh, short sleeves here, crop that Facebook picture there. Like, but we're but then if you address that, then the gaslighting starts like, well, that that doesn't happen. That's not preached. Oh, I've from heard that a thousand times. I have never heard a sermon on that. Like, and you're like, oh, oh well, maybe I am crazy. I, I know. I guess I can't point to back to an exact instance when that was specifically preached from. But we all know what's going on. Sure. Although some of us can. 
<laughs> point back to a specific instance when that was preached. Um, I think that's one of the things that surprised me, though, as I started Grace Story and I thought, you know, this is going to be the answer to to a obvious need within our faith community. People are going to love it. People right. are, I was like, naive <laughs> optimism. And, you know, I'm like relatively young and I had full hearted belief that this was something where pastors as a generalization were going to be grateful that we were coming alongside them. We were supporting their ministry. They can't do it all. You know, Body they can't, Christ, we're all in this. Yeah, together. We're, we're, we're all in this together. And, um, and so we're going to serve and, and help and, and equip. Right. And so, um, after our first year, uh, we were disinvited from particular events because, it, and you know, I, and I and I had a conversation with the leader from that particular event, and I said, you know, um, <laughs> and and I so I I called him up. I said, I'm I'm part of this movement. This is where I've chosen to raise my family, right. and I want to be able to see you in the halls, and um and and have integrity with one another. And so um, went to him and had a phone call, half hour conversation. Um, and, and in that conversation, he said, you know, we know that what you're doing is important work. We recognize the need for what you're doing. We also know that what we're asking of you is petty um, in our self-care. So we have the conference and then we have the exhibitors area that we call our self-care vendor market. Okay. And it's just re-educating on what self-care is. Sure. And um, so there's consulting, there's counselors there, um, you know, coffee, self-care. Um, and then we also had a spot that first year where you could do manicures, get your manicures done for free. And, um, and you could get, uh, ed, like tutorials on how to do makeup in a like light professional way oh because people yeah. were asking like, you know, I mean, so even my mom's generation, like that one lady off the Drew Carey show, like, right. you don't know <laughs> what <you're doing. laughs> like, you know, so <laughs> we're going to give you a tutorial on how to do this and look natural. Right. Like, yeah. so, so he's like, I know what we're asking is petty, but if if you will not do manicures and you will not do makeup, um, the speakers, we understand that they, they may look a little different and, you know, that you can't control them. But what you can control needs to be controlled or we can't publicly um, we can't publicly support what you're doing. And um, ironically, over the last couple of years, that actually not for lack of anything. We didn't try, but that those two things right. actually didn't happen. Uh, but, well, because of COVID, you couldn't, I mean, you can't yeah, share so, makeup brushes. <laughs> but we were still disinvited, so I don't know that, that right. it's hard but, to pin it down, you know? But the the thing that he said was this, and, and I think that this is overarching. Um, we've died too hard on this hill to give it up. And so we may refer through the back door, mm -hmm. but we can't publicly support Grace Story. And um, so as we part separate ways and this dialogue is through, uh, you know, that's just where we're going to stand. And I said, you know, I understand you have your people and they trust you. They've put you in this place of leadership to shepherd them. And Grace Story, I I'm the shepherd of Grace Story. And um, I steward their trust and I have people who put their trust in me to carry this vision of a holistic 
healthy body of Christ that is all of us, that reaches past just our arm of Christianity within the CHM. And so that's that's how Grace Story was started. Um, we've said we're interdenominational from the very beginning. And so that's gotten us into a little trouble. Um, sure. and, and yet it's okay. This is this the the way I say it is we have kept our side of the bridge open. Um, we're mm-hmm. not, you know, we're not trying to burn bridges, but we're not going to rebuild yours back to boundaries. It has been said and reset because um, we asked to go back several times and finally th- this will not happen again. Um, we will not further dialogue with you. And so at and that it, point, it was an official business letter. Yes. Uh, got. Yeah. You know, we just each year go, we want, we would like to have a booth. We'd like to represent great story and offer this resource. And it was no, no, an official and, letter. No. And so I say that to say this, that's a certain culture where the leadership gets to make the decisions, but we have thinking people within a movement. Yes. And they, there are people within that movement who are good. We would have, my husband and I would have never left. You know, we were limiting our liberties. We were happy to stay there to steward influence and maybe hopefully help reform from the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, the way we put it is we had some things happen at our local church um, and biblical counseling that we explained earlier. That that was being promoted at our church. And, um, and so that and some things that happened there along with on a greater scale being asked to be removed from the greater denomination, you know, events. That's a whole, um, other, that's a whole other podcast. That's so those, those things, <laughs> those things were happening over a two year period and they were parallel to one another. So we had the local faith community and the greater faith community saying, you're not welcome here. Yeah. And so we would have never left. We just would have never left. Um, but we found ourselves kind of like those Wii characters. If you have played Wii before and you make up one of the little guys and you drop them into the plaza and they're like sitting there, they kind of look stunned and they're like, wait, what, what am I doing here? We were like, woke up one day and we realized um, we're out of the city. Right. Like that, that happens. You, you talk about getting I, I kicked out or, you know, you left. And people, I, I had somebody ask me, uh, and this is a decade ago now, but you go back to it and they're like, why? Why did you leave the holiness movement? And I was like, I didn't know I left yet. I was. I'm only. I've only been married a year, and I still go to a Bible Methodist church. But apparently, I left. Uh, right. But you just find that the circle has been drawn tighter, uh, and you're not in that circle anymore. Well, gosh, the the circles I ran in, they used to preach against um, um, IHC for some reason. I don't know exactly oh. why. They had some story they would tell about supposed. Porn usage going skyrocketing into the hotel or something, but overall there was really no reason why it was just uh, there was the thing where they they did start to video things and that was there was a lot of hand wringing done over yeah. that. But yeah, our circle was drawn extremely tight, extremely tight. And my wife, I think even more so, she was Bible missionary and they they stick completely to themselves. So as as someone that grew up going to IHC, are you saying I was I was I was your liberal? Uh, <laughs> yes, you, you were his liberal. I would have I would have prayed for you, Nate. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> I appreciate. I covet those. I would I would fasted and wept. I covet your prayers. I covet, <laughs> you know, I covet your prayers. Oh goodness. Oh, pray well, ahead. you know, pray ahead. it boils down to this. It really boils down to a lack of trust in the Holy Spirit. 
Yeah, that's, that's right. We wouldn't yeah. say that. The Holy Spirit moves and works among us. We can feel His presence. Wow, He's worked mightily because we've had shouting and running the aisles. And I mean, people were even with trombones and flags this time. Mm-hmm. It was a movement of the Holy Spirit. Honored plants on heads, yes. So, oh, yeah. we, so we celebrate those moments, but in the day-to-day life, we are not trusting Him to speak and grow individuals. And this right. this is where, for Grace Story, um, we seek to serve the individual and not put the institution. So often when we come from these kind of church backgrounds, the institution and the well-being of the institution and the health of the institution, that faith community as a whole, has been put before the health and well-being and safety of an individual. So we protect the pastor, and um, and we hear so many stories about are that. Everything, whether oh, they yes. did it or not, the board right. member, the Sunday school teacher, yeah. the 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 highest paying tithe contributor. Oh, yeah. You know, yep. and and we well, protect. And I would even say you protect God to a certain extent yes. in those because you, you got to be on PR for God. Because if we make God look bad, if you expose this or expose that or yep. backtrack on a mistake, you're making God look bad, and we we're on PR for Him. Absolutely, I've heard that talking right. point before. Because we're yes, ambassadors. Indeed. Yep. Yeah, and so um, this formula idea actually has a bit of obligation, like. Like God is under the obligation to fulfill His promise now because we have protected His image, we have followed X, Y, Z, and now God will come through for us. And sometimes, um, you know, if you look at the story of Joseph in the Bible, and sometimes we look at at like the healing that we want or the relief that we want, and we want today's miracle to look like yesterday's relief, like something that already happened, and we want that to happen again. But if you look at the story of Joseph, so he's put down in this pit, and he's getting saved out of the pit into slavery. So, if you think, like, his relief wasn't that great. Yeah. And he could have started doubting God and saying, okay, um, (laughs) you said I'd be exalted (laughs) and I was going to, you know, my brothers are going to bow down. And now very exalted to me. (laughs) I climbed the rope out of my pit. And you're tying it up. You're tying my hands with the same rope. Come on. (laughs) I'm I'm getting tied up again. And then he gets there and he's like, okay, keep your head down, do the right thing. Just kind of white knuckle through it, right? And then he gets landed in prison for doing the right thing. He's in the pit again. Yeah. And so I think a lot of times when we look at God and we're like, we think he calls us to rest and peace. And we want that to look like stagnation and, you know, calm and beautiful, quiet moments. But sometimes rest in God is not the lack of trouble. He says we'll have trouble Mm -hmm. in this world. But that what he's calling to is trust. Trust my Holy Spirit to be your comforter. Trust my Holy Spirit to be your counselor. You have this inside of you. And so when 
just to speak to the audience, you said, you know, there's a lot of people who have come out of some of this type of background. And as my husband and I have had to work through this, it's, you know, I think a lot of people look at it like, wow, you get to finally, you know, ev- everything. You get to is, try everything now. You get to try everything wow. now, right? <laughs> like the what Oms freedom. There, whatever that. <laughs> yeah, the uh, Rumspringer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> what freedom you have. But if you think about it, it's actually a bit terrifying because, yes, there's freedoms and liberties you can walk in now. Um, But when you take away the spiritual checklist that assures you that you get a relationship with God or that you are going to make it to heaven, he may be disappointed in you because you are a subpar Christian, but if you follow a checklist, you'll at least get in on a technicality, right? right? Like, so you at least, there's no purgatory, so you at least get a cabin in the back of heaven, (laughs) but you're there. You're not in hell. Right. So... So if you take away that checklist and now it's up to the Holy Spirit to inform your relationship with a living, breathing relationship that has movement and seasons and give and take and responsibility and self-discipline and spiritual disciplines, and now you have not been taught to trust that you can have that confirmation given to you by God, right. that's that's terrifying. Yeah, no, no longer is it uh, a a spiritual figure crossing over boundaries, creating enmeshment, and modifying your behavior, and you're just being told what to do. Now you're in a dynamic relationship with a living Holy Spirit who you're just sensing, and with every decision. Is this the right way? All right, I'll go there. That's still Small's boy that guiding you. Right. That yeah. that can be scary because there's a lot more unknowns with that. Oh yeah, there is yeah. a lot more unknowns. Wow, that's, that's something when you think about that way. So everybody that's here, uh, just looking for an easier way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jokes on you, boys. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> yeah, I, thought that, I thought that Joseph part was going to be more inspiring, but you know, <laughs> there goes the pits. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> You, Come on out <laughs> to your next pit. Yeah, um, you know, it's like whack-a-mole. Like, <laughs> here's another one. We'll yes, take it you is. Ahead. Well, you but, mentioned that that can be that can be scary too. We talk about people coming out of a movement like that. Like, what are you moving to? Right. Like, is it the same thing? It was just without my family, friends, and income and a job. Right. And sometimes right. those churches you're moving away from. Let's be honest. The 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 pastor is your grandpa. The, your brother-in-law leads the music. Uh, the ushers are actually you because there's no one else. Uh, and, you know, you, you also <laughs> right. have to run back and run sound. And the audience yeah. is there's only one person there that's not related to you. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So you're going to leave all that. You're not just leaving a movement. You're leaving your life. Well, that's one of the things I've noticed with some people that I've watched because I've been, I guess, in a morbid way. I've been a little bit more fortunate than others to where a lot of the CHM people in my family that were hardcore, they passed away before I made the complete jump out of it, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. then there was like mm-hmm. one or two left that kind of, you know, said, hey, you feel you got a good point. Let me look into this too. And then they, they left as mm-hmm. well. So I didn't have as much as that of that family pressure that a lot of people are coming from. But my gosh, especially if you're in one of the, how do I want to say, uh, lack of a better term, one of the, the royal families or something like that. Right. It, the pressure in there is going to be, 
uh, astounding because what happens in some people I watched as well when they came out everything in your culture is tied up to that church and that movement right because everything else is is usually wrong so all the normal right. things that you would do to build a community you know whether it be going to uh, high school football games on Friday or something like that. A lot of that stuff's all you're not allowed to do that. Correct. And yeah. so it it all became. Then when you leave, that all goes with it. Yeah, and I think that that goes back to that. You know, a fish doesn't ask what's water thing. I think there's a lot of people that do understand like that that something's off. And from the outside looking in, someone might say, well, why don't you just leave, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not that simple, and. Leaving isn't even always the answer. You know, we're not just saying leave. It's not like we're building another city over here. No. Um, we actually look at, at Grace Story as more of the Red Cross example. You know, we're outside the city in our triage tent saying, if you come out dazed and stumbling, we're here with resources and education and yeah. and love, and you're welcome here. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna enter the fray when it when it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're not there to go shoot down generals no. because generals who have already said, "I will die on this hill," are not going to be an effective use of my emotional energy. And if I steward my energy there. I do not have it for the children of this movement who are getting sprayed down with Uzis. And if I run past the wounded to attack the general, then I have not done my job at what God has called me to do to serve my brothers in Christ through grace story with saying, all right, I've been here. Um, Why don't you let's let's tuck in together and um, and let me walk this road with you out of this in that 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 kind of idea of if if you think of like Hiroshima mm-hmm. and the <laughs> another another uplifting example, um, but like everything is gray and desolate, and there's a child just in the middle of that. They're they're looking around. There's still bullets. There's still everything's whizzing around. They don't know where to turn. Where is safe? right? This was home. And now this isn't what I thought it was. This isn't what it used to be for me. Now it feels unsafe, but I don't know where to go. How, which direction is the next right step? And all of a sudden there comes in from this corner, the, this soldier in full pack gear, and he scoops up this kid, tucks that kid in and says, come with me. You're still going to have a struggle, right? right? There's still those bullets whizzing around and you still have to get out of that war zone. But now you're doing so under the protection of somebody that you can trust. And I, that's God, the father, God, the Father, who is not only instilling that bravery into us, but is also carrying us. So it's not just like he's standing on the other side saying, you can do this. You can do this. Do this journey. He's saying, I'm walking this with you. Sure. I, I would I would add to to what Amber's saying here. The, the, the mission of Grace Story is not to uh, tell people to leave a movement. The mission of Grace Story is not to tell people to leave a church. 
that, that would break up, you know, so we not to hammer boundaries home too much today, but we right. can't control others' behaviors and our boundaries stop at, hey, you know, although we may look into a situation and say, you really should get out of that. I don't understand everything, the dynamics of that relationship. Is it safe to leave? Is it time to leave? Are, are there kids there? Is there complicating factors? Um, I don't know. And, you know, again, everybody experiences things differently. But I also believe that there are, are people who do have convictions from God that he has placed on their life, that if they were to break them, it would be sin. You don't have to go too far in Scripture to find that. I think of Samson, uh, you know, don't cut your hair. Right. And uh, all these things, and, and I mean, he probably wouldn't be welcome in some of our circles with the long hair. Uh, but you know, if, <laughs> right. if God if God told someone not to cut their hair, we'd probably laugh at him today because it God doesn't. Pen Rod, we're all looking at you. He was always the black sheep of the Gaither Vogel uh, band around <laughs> <right>. my circles. <laughs> That's right. Like you know, you just didn't know what to do with him because Gaithers are fine, but then what do you do right. with them? Well, my was yeah. up behind, and I couldn't see it. If it if it sends out of sight. <laughs> <laughs> Sends but, out of sight. Like Samson's a great, a great uh, example of somebody who God said, "Don't do this." And the minute his hair was cut, the spirit of God left him. Yes, indeed. So I, I, I we take that very seriously. If if you come to me and you say God has placed a conviction on your life that somewhere along the lines He told you you need to wear a skirt, I will support you wholeheartedly Absolutely. because that is a covenant between right. you and God, and we take that very seriously. And I'll support you every, all day long. But my that's extracurricular for some others. And that's where legalism comes in, where you expand the definition of sin. That's where I feel like sometimes I'm not clear enough in expressing what you just did, Nate. Even Paul commands us to, you know, he talks about the the weaker one eats only vegetables and the other one is free to do. And he he, can, he told us all to, you know, don't, don't be looking down on each other. You know, and mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes in amongst all of our um, carrying on over here, we might not get that message across. If that, if that's a personal conviction of yours, absolutely. You, you carry that on. Right. You carry right. that on all day right. long. Yeah. Um, well, we've been going about an hour, and I don't want to keep you too long. I, I just kind of want to... Uh, you you got two Davisons on on your <laughs> right, did, did and a fellow podcaster and so director? I mean you know well I yeah. never can tell I mean some people are, some people are early to bed early to rise I I wish I had that same gene <laughs> I've tried so hard I was just telling Kane the other day I said I want so bad to be like those old guys that I grew up with and they'd be like. Yeah, was up at four this morning. You know, drinking coffee, <laughs> and then they go to bed at like eight. And that was probably just because they had urinary issues. <laughs> but I, let's be honest. I mean, this is before Flomax a little bit, probably. You're such a medical I, professional. Well, I was told I could be mildly inappropriate here. Who so, <laughs> so told you ER. that? <laughs> I'm an ER nurse, though. I got, I got stories. I wish Miss was here. Miss is uh, also an ER nurse. Uh, she's actually. But she's Please? in long-term care at the moment, but she's... Uh, oh, God bless her. Yeah, yeah, she's not a fan. <laughs> she's working yeah. the overnight shift there uh, as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, do what you got to do. So with Grace Story, uh, kind of give me a rundown of, of what you all offer. So I know there's... there's uh, you got the podcast, right? Yeah, the podcast, we're going on 70. It's, it's bi-weekly because I work a full-time job, and you understand how podcasts work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going up on episode... <laughs> <laughs> we're going up on episode 70 next week uh, so I'm really excited about that and all sorts of guests on there talking about everything from uh, the looking behind the scenes of pornography addiction to boundaries to grief to uh, uh, children of adult divorce 
I mean, there's something there for everybody. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the hard topics. Uh, and then one, one of the things, uh, a couple other things that we do offer uh, with a big one is this counselor referral network. Yeah. Uh, so it's completely anonymous. I, our mission itself is to connect people with resources that equip you for your journey of registra- registration, excuse me, restoration. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of registration, conference is coming up. Uh, <laughs> Man, that was smooth. Just, wow, that was smooth. Uh, I like it. Of, uh, <laughs> just fix that right up. <laughs> uh, but if you yeah. want to find a counselor in your area, it's like a, it's like a personalized shopper uh, for a counselor. Because like, yeah. let's face it, when you go to what's biblical counseling versus licensed professional counselor and do I need a marriage counselor or a, well, a when you go counselor? to psychologytoday.com and you're looking for a counselor in your area and you put in your zip code counselors come up and it'll say um, you know qualified in EMDR and ACT and CBT and Gottman's theory and you just look at it and you're like I don't know what all that is I just know I'm yeah. broken yeah I right? have no idea Right. You're like, right. You're like that meme. I know some of these words. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so that was one of, with us trying, our goal is to eliminate some of those first scary unknowns that between I know something's off and I'm getting help. And if we can take the scary out, then there's a greater it. chance. Yeah. Right. right. There's a greater chance of someone getting help. So yeah, that confidential, um, it goes right to our licensed counselor and he, we've, Ryan, we've connected yeah, folks Waters. with, um, with counselors in Pennsylvania, New York, um, Florida. Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, uh, Florida, oh, I mean, Michigan, it just goes on. And so hopefully we'll find one in your area. Um, if you need that, that, and we've connected teens. So if it's your child that's suffering through some anxiety or suicidal tendencies, um, we tend to hide that because we say, oh my goodness, that's going to reflect badly on me as a parent. Look, this is real life, folks. Mm. This is real life. And this is your real life. And you're suffering with this behind your closed doors. And sometimes it's just really hard to reach out to your neighbor and ask for help because we're so afraid of the stigma that gets attached to these things. Well, right. that's because you didn't parent them right. They wouldn't have anxiety if you created a safe home. There's you know, hidden it, sin uh, somewhere it, in the oh, camp. So is your it's husband doing camp. pornography and he hasn't told you? He, maybe you that's don't know. That's why your daughter has bulimia. Yeah, it's, that, right. Yeah. It's just, no, this is mental health. There's this holistic view, and that is such a trend word that some people just turn that off. But holistic simply means whole person. And Jesus modeled whole person for us. When he was in the garden, he sweat drops of blood. That's physical. He asked for relationship from his disciples. Would you stay and pray with me? Mm -hmm. You know, um, and you go through the emotional distress, the physical distress, the spiritual distress. Father, would you take this cup from me? You know, and so we're spiritual, physical, emotional, and relational beings. And those are not boxes that are separated from each other, especially within the church world. They tend to overlap more like a Venn diagram. And so they're interconnected. And so if you or your family is, is experiencing something like this, there's help. Sometimes it's chemical, sometimes it's a brain thing, and sometimes it is a spiritual trauma. It does have to do with a faith, but it's it's not a lack of faith. It's just the narrative we've been given that mm-hmm. we've believed. Yeah. Yeah. And we can overcome. So yeah, I, yeah that confidential yes. referral link there. You, 
You can find that over on GraceStoryMinistries.com. I would clarify, too, for those that are listening, because I always have in the back of my head, there's like the critics, and probably because I've been listening to them a lot my whole life, <laughs> where they're like, mm-hmm, they just said, never go to your pastor. What? No, we never said that. <laughs> no. Nobody said that. Yeah, right. No, right. We believe the church is just as much an integral part of your life. The holistic part, your pastor can be your best friend. Your pastor can be your best mentor. I mean, goodness, they're there to feed you and lead the flock. I mean, these are awesome people with a heavy burden. Sure. But where do you go when the pastor is the one that caused the trauma? Where do you go when the church is one that you need to go talk to them about? That's rough. So this is an avenue to do that. And then we do have um, two conferences. Men's conference is launching, but women's conference, I'll get to that first because it's uh, coming up uh, first week in November right now. Um, so, uh, you, there's still, I think until, what is it? The 15th, yeah. you can save 20% off your, your ticket. Uh, so you can go over and check out graystoryministries.com. First week of November. Where's this being held at? Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. It's cheap flights right there. Spirit Airlines, probably. Uh, bring your own duct tape for your seat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, then, uh, and then I'm excited because Men's Our, Conference yeah. is finally launching too, May 5 and 6 in 2023. And we got all sorts of good guests there coming up. I mean, Jared Lopes, he does the Dad Tired podcast, uh, Million Downloads. He's going to be speaking. Uh, Kathy Sprinkle and Ryan are, are uh, and Dr. Barber, um, all from uh, Counseling Alliance. Their, their counselors are going to be speaking. Dr. John Trent uh, is going to be sharing on the blessing. He's worked a lot with Focus on the Family. Um, and Tim Keep is going to be sharing on reintroducing Jesus to disillusioned individuals. For some reason, I'm up there talking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's going to be it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a good time. And I I've, honestly, the big thing there is I can't wait for the pre bash because uh, I have a lot of big plans for that, including all you can eat um, food trucks, which we actually haven't figured oh, out. Oh my lord! So I've never, maybe that, I shouldn't have said that. That but, would be uh, heaven. Is what that is. In <laughs> a cornhole and drinks, uh, axe uh, throwing, and just a lot of fun before yeah. the conference. <laughs> sets okay, you had to clear the soft drinks though. Soft yeah. drinks for our for our Calvinist and Reformed so buddies. It's going to be soft drinks, boys. They said bourbon chicken in their uh, food truck, and we're not doing. I remember how I used to. This is. Uh, I'll try not to take it too far off. Time. Rum raisin ice cream. I remember when I first started meeting some of these Reformed guys, and I'm sitting back, still about half CHM. Uh, maybe half, maybe a quarter, maybe about that. How does that, and, how uh, does that work? <laughs> and so I'm, yeah. I'm sitting there like, uh, you know, watching and their Bible, their Bible studies get wild boys. Oh, that's not the proper way to say it. they, 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 uh, well, they call cigars, Presbyterian incense and uh, oh, the nice. stuff these boys do when they study the Bible, I'm like, like you all trying way too hard to be Charles Spurgeon. <laughs> right. But yes, that right. was a shock. Is what? That was. Okay, well, we'll move on from that. <laughs> so men's con- when is that, Nate? It's May what? Uh, men's conference. It's in 2023. Uh, it sounds like it's a long ways away, but it really isn't. May 5 and 6, 2023. And that's just outside of Cincinnati out there in Cleves, Ohio. So, so Cleves, women's Ohio. is always first weekend in November. Men's is the first weekend of May. And um, Cincinnati is our hub where we work out of. So, I like it. I like it. That sounds yeah. really good. Um, so you've got that. We got, you got the conference. You got the podcast. Podcast is available. I'm assuming anywhere. Yeah. You can get your podcast. Yeah. I've got it on There's several YouTube. platforms. Got on YouTube. You got as the well. YouTube channel. Yeah, YouTube yep. channel is ah, up. Right. Uh, some stuff from conference. Um, and app is in the works uh, for all sorts because we we have that uh, mission to have. 
connecting you with education, resources, and community. Um, and we hate Facebook for community because it doesn't seem to be very uniting. <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> and I, yeah, I don't know if you know, but it's listening to you. I feel like it actually like read my brain the other day thinking it brought up an advertisement for something. Oh, it did. Um, I missed the Joe Rogan. It did. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to get off of uh, off of Facebook and onto our own platform. Where I like it's just, yeah. Uh, all sorts of resources and community and support groups and coming around to conference every year and in between then you just listen to the podcast and talk to people in the group so looking forward to that I like it go to Grace Story what is GraceStoryMinistries.com GraceStoryMinistries.com and you can find our podcast Grace Story Podcast anywhere you get your podcast Apple uh, Spotify Pocket Cast wherever uh, we'll be there waiting for you yeah wherever you're listening here absolutely I love you all and Jesus loves you and we'll catch you next time